I want to do a shout out to one of our amazing partners, Banzoogle. Now, Banzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a stunning website for artists. Now, I have personally have used web builders for years. In fact, the 8020 Records website is maintained by yours truly. But honestly, these days, as someone who represents artists, I just want something straightforward that still looks amazing and works with everything that we use, such as Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Bands of Town, Printful, and so forth. And Banzoogle checks off all of these. Also, for those of you who have no idea how to build websites, don't worry, they make it super easy there too. You do not need to know a single line of code. In fact, after you sign up, they go step-by-step step through each part of the process to get you up and running. Plus, their pricing is practically the same as if you paid for a web host. So really, it's a no-brainer. Lastly, and most importantly, what I love about Banzoogle is the people. Every single person I've spoken to has been nothing but kind and extremely responsive and helpful. They truly care about the artists that use their platform. And honestly, don't just take my word for it. Go listen to my interview with Stacy Bedford, the CEO of the company. Banzoogle is also offering to all our listeners 15% off the first year of any subscription. Just enter the promo code 8020show or 8020show, like the numbers, on banzoogle.com. I'll also put it in the description. Built by musicians for musicians. Banzoogle. You're listening to The 8020 Show, an inside look into the music industry. Hello and welcome everybody to The 8020 Show. I am your host, Mike Zimmerlich, and my next guest is Jackson Vanderpaul, lead singer of the cinematic modern rock band Viper Club. In this interview, we discuss how much happier they became after they decided to change their band name after opening for artists such as P.O.D., The Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, and others. We also deep dive into TikTok as Jackson's personal account has reached over 540,000 followers. It is my absolute honor and pleasure to give you Jackson Vanderpoel. Hey Jackson, how's it going? Good, how are you? Did good, thanks. I really appreciate being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I like to sometimes talk about how I met my guests for the first time. And actually, this is the first time that we're actually meeting yeah. because we do have a mutual colleague of Amy Rogers. So shout out to Amy. And shout in fact, uh, I'm going to be interviewing Amy shortly after this recording. So I'm really looking forward to interviewing her as well. But Amy and I go way back because she's She's been fantastic, a big supporter of 8020 Records and always love what she has accomplished uh, over the years. And uh, she's done things like with the Mesa Music Festival, things like that in the past as well. So she's she's an amazing person. She really is. So tell me more about yourself, Jackson. How did you get started into music? Oh, man. Um, well, uh, I got my first guitar when I was seven and uh from there, I didn't really want to be good at anything else. Um, and so uh, my brother and I would like do fake concerts in our living room and he would like grab TV remotes and I would, we had like this one hockey, okay, we never played sports, but like we had like one hockey stick in the garage and I was like, that'll do pig. And so I just used that. And um, yeah, we just, uh, growing up, we're kind of surrounded by music and uh, my dad's a musician and my mom got us into like all the bands that we grew up on. And um, so that 
that honestly was a nice kindling for our adulthood. Um, so it, it's really just been a, a forever thing. Um, and I, yeah, from a young age, I just kind of knew that's what I wanted to do, you know? What instrument did your father play? Uh, he, uh, well, he played bass in rock bands and then he played uh, piano and like keyboards on like, uh, for like other stuff. And um, he, I believe, yeah, he played the flugelhorn as well. Really good flugelhorn player. Um, but he was like, like he went to school, like got his degree in music and stuff like that. So he's, he's a lot more classically trained. I can appreciate the flugelhorn. I used to be a, um, a trumpet player myself for many, many years. So I, I always good. love, I love playing, yeah. I always love playing the, the flugelhorn. It was, I remember, actually remember in high school, that I had the opportunity in jazz band, I had a flugelhorn solo and it was the most nerve wracking thing ever, but I loved every minute. I, cause I just love the sound of that. So it was still to this day, I still remember doing those performances. Flugelhorn's lit dog. It's so cool. Absolutely. And uh, what kind of music was your mom into? Uh, my mom was into like hair metal mostly. Um, it was like uh, Aerosmith was a big one. That was actually my first concert um and scorpions and like van halen my dad got me into van halen and then like you know poison like motley Crue, like all those kind of hair metal bands and um now i'm like very uh particular on my hair metal bands like a lot of them i don't like and then like there's like maybe like three that i'm like these are solid like you know guns and roses like stuff like that what are the uh what are the other ones like what it like do you have like a top three a top three hair metal bands yeah uh oh um okay yeah i would say aerosmith uh van halen and guns and roses that'd be that'd be the top three those are real good choices so okay, so you're in the living room doing these you know, fun concerts with your brother and with a hockey stick and just rocking out. Was there a particular moment in time you mentioned that this was uh, something forever for yourself? Did you know at that point in time in your age that that this is what you want to do with your life, or was it later on? Yeah, like always have wanted to uh, just be performers and artists, and just felt like that was the way that we should live our lives and. Um, I, re I remember being in high school and like, you know, everyone's like, oh, I applied to this college or I applied to that college. And I was like, what am I going to do? And so I like started thinking like, oh, maybe I could, I actually for a while was like, maybe I can go to college and be a chef because I also like cooking. Cooking is a lot of fun for me. And um, I thought about being like an, like an engineer, like an audio engineer and like stuff like that. And then I was just like, I need to drop everything else and do it, you know? So that's what I did. And here we are. <laughs> so what was the first then project that you were in, like a band project? Uh, okay. So technically speaking, the first band we ever had was called Jack and the Rippers. And we had no idea that there was a band on Full House called Jesse and the Rippers. And so we played like these three hour coffee shop gigs, Nate and I, and then our friend Brent at the time. And uh, we would like just 
honestly play wherever we would practice for like, like our practices would be like six hours long. <clears throat> yeah, no, we did that first. And then uh, eventually we were like, okay, we should probably like just start a band for real. And um, started Sunday at noon back in, God, 2014, 2015. And I think about a year after starting the band, we, we actually had gotten like some pretty good opening slots. Like we opened for Red Jumpsuit twice and uh this really cool band called the royal concept that like is still like one of my favorite bands we've ever played with and um god uh open for dreamers i think i can't remember if that was viper club or not uh pod open for them uh it, it just like it was a nice um i say all that because it was a nice uh growing experience for us and we didn't even know that yet because at the time we were like this is the band that's gonna you know do it and um you know we got far enough down the road and now we're viper but like that's you know that's a whole thing uh but yeah uh so uh sunday at noon was like kind of the biggest thing that we did before viper club and was it you or somebody else in the in the project that was helping you secure these opportunities? Uh, okay, so yeah, after we met, so we were a band in Sunday at noon for a year, and then we had mutual friends that were managed by uh, Amy, and so uh, our guitar player knew at the time knew um, like like kind of got us in the in the way of Amy and we had a meeting and just kind of hit it off. And we've been with Amy ever since, uh, like Amy was there when I graduated high school. Like that's how, wow. how long we've been working together. So, um, and, uh, still are working together. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's been, uh, like she was, a obviously a huge part in that we just kind of showed up and played, um, and still do. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, that's all to Amy. That's incredible. What made you decide to transition from Sunday at noon to Viper Club? Was there a reason behind that? Yeah. Um, with Sunday at noon, we had had a lot of weird encounters uh, with like, you know, we had like talked to some label people and like been told one thing. And like, so what we did, which I would, if I could go back in time and punch myself in the face, I would, because uh, we basically started trying to tailor everything we did to that and um we lost our way pretty quick in that like we um just weren't happy with it anymore and like the whole project had been tainted by it and we didn't even know it we were just like why are we not having fun with this anymore like it wasn't even like a thing we were you know hyper aware of and uh we it, it was me it was me i was like i will take credit because everyone fought me on it um i was like I want to change the band name and like restart. And everyone's like, what, you know? And, uh, but Nate was like pretty on board with me, like pretty quick. And, um, after we decided that we realized that Sunday at noon was a great learning experience for us, but it was not the final product. And it was more like the prototype where we make all the mistakes. And then, uh, so we made Viper club and just, made sure that Viper club was always what we wanted it to be no matter what. And like, it, it's not a sellout, you know, <laughs> basically in a nice way. Um, so yeah, started Viper club from there and for that reasoning. And, uh, we've been 
just having a blast ever since, honestly. So talk about then being bandmates, bandmates with your brother, because I know that, and I, and sometimes I've talked about this quite a bit, actually, on the 8020 Show podcast about working with siblings, because I've also worked with my brother uh, with the record label that actually did not go well. <laughs> we're good. We're everything's fine now. We're actually our relationship better than it ever has been. But, you know, it can be very challenging to to work with family. So can you talk about your experiences working with Nate? Yeah, um, Nate and I have been pretty tight knit ever since we were kids. Um, we've been best friends for as long as we've been alive. Uh, and, um, working together for so long, um, has been nice because it's been, uh, it's not, it's not too common where you like, in, in my experience where you work with someone and they will tell you if something is outright a stupid idea, like upon the first time hearing, it, you know, and, um, Nate, Nate and I keep each other very grounded, I think. And we, uh, we work really well together and always have. And, uh, the only time I think where it, like, I can say difficult, but it's never really been like, actually it has been knocked down drag out, but like, that's just, you know, the nature, uh, but Nate the and brothers, I, I mean, that's going to happen. Honestly, every time we fight about anything, it lasts five minutes. That's it. And, uh, so, you know, like in the writer's room, we'll have like a disagreement about something and then we'll end up compromising and then like doing the thing we both wanted. And so it's like, you know, like the fights are always like very short and like it's never been like a Noel Liam Gallagher type thing. <laughs> so it's always been really nice. So you went into now the studio a couple of times as Viper Club, correct? So I know that you recently released your self-titled EP, EP, which congratulations behind that. Thank you. Um, but can you talk about what kind of preparation you go through when you go into the recording studio? Ooh, yeah. Um, so the first couple of singles we did um, with our good friend and buddy, Jim Roach. And um, that was that was kind of our first big introduction to like big boy recording time. Cause like, that was like, we would go to LA and we did like worked at like big studios and like the whole nine, you know, and like really did it out. And we didn't do it out because like, we didn't get a producer because we were trying to get a deal with anybody. We just got a producer because we wanted to learn how to write songs better. And we like, wanted to know like what that was like and what we would sound like with that. And Jim was like, I mean, like needle in a haystack type situation. Like we all just got along super well. And um, we, uh, you know, we're still friends and we have a project together now. And uh, but so that was uh, kind of our first big, recording thing and Nate and I honestly the first time we ever so Beatrix was our first song that we did with him and I remember we tried to track vocals the day that we tracked all the instruments which is typically like we can do that you know um but this time and I do not get nervous like I I don't know why I just don't and like for performing like if I go on a date I get very nervous but if I like am recording or performing like I never get nervous and I was I literally couldn't sing in the studio. Like I couldn't hit the notes. I 
forgot where I was. And I was like, I'm sorry, guys, we're gonna have to do this tomorrow. <laughs> like, I can't do it. Like, and uh, so now that I have those kind of like nerves out of my system, uh, I think the biggest like preparation we have into going to, into the studio is just having a good time. Like that's like just making sure that the standard is set that we're all going to have fun in there. Cause if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. That's just it. I totally agree with that. Is that the same mentality that you have when you're performing live? Yeah. Yeah. When we're in the green room, it's, it's all gags. And then we walk out there like we will. Yeah. We just mess with each other like until we literally go on and then we'll walk up there and then we mess with each other on stage. And then that's that. Also, I wanted to ask you going back going back for a second, when you were thinking about get, you getting into music, did you get any kind of uh, training or teaching or did you self teach yourself? And how uh, yeah, I took I took like guitar lessons for like two years and that was it. And then I just kind of self taught and I've been very fortunate like to be in situations with other musicians where I've learned a lot from them. And just I'm, I'm very spongy in that way where like I'll go hang out with someone and I just like kind of I make I pay attention to what they're doing and like, you know, I just pick up little tricks from them and stuff like that. So basically, like my playing and performing is just a mixture of everyone I've ever met in my life. Uh, but um, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I've done it. And Nate, Nate, too, like Nate uh, did that for. I mean, he he took lessons about the same amount of time I did and then just self-taught and again we've been fortunate to just be out and playing and i think that's what makes a musician a musician is just go out there and embarrass yourself a couple of times you know speaking about embarrassing yourself i do want to talk about your tiktok yeah because you decided to create uh essentially a comedic tiktok account for yourself yeah. so which has now I, I checked just today in fact uh to see what your current numbers are and it's over five hundred and forty thousand followers yes which is amazing <laughs> so can you talk about first talk about like what made you decide that you wanted to do a tiktok account specifically for yourself um well honestly i had no idea that tiktok was gonna be what it was gonna be um and I didn't really have any expectation from it at all. I just, uh, so I started my first account um, and I, cause all right, here's the whole story. So basically I was coming home from a tour when everything shut down and I was on the bus and I wasn't playing the tour. I was just like hanging out on the tour. It was like, a, it was kind of like, honestly, there was no reason for me to be there. Um, but anyway, Amy was like, you should start a TikTok account. And I was like, yeah, but like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I've never liked that kind of uh, push for like our project. It just seems like ingenuine to me. And like for us, like other people do it really well, but like I, I couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to. And she's like, you should just get on there and like make jokes and like just whatever. And so I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And so the pandemic happens. And I think I got like maybe two weeks in. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I just like downloaded the app and I just started making these stupid videos. And then I got like, for some reason, I got like 136,000 followers on my first account. And then, and then it got shadow banned. And by that point, I was like, okay, I kind of like doing this. Like, I kind of want like, 
I want to see if I can do it again. So I started a new account and I was like, all right, I'm just going to do what I can here. And uh, again, I've never taken that app seriously, which is like funny because it's, it does great. Um, but like, uh, yeah. And then that account has just been growing and I, it's, it's just like a weird thing. It's kind of like cooking food that you're really good at cooking. And so you can just like do it without even looking, but like, you'll never cook it at a restaurant, you know? It's like, it's, it's a weird thing. How long does it take you to create uh, one of the videos? Oh, it depends. Um, like if I do like a sketch video, it'll take me like an hour or two. Um, but if it's just like, a lot of it is like, I don't write it down and I just kind of like turn on the camera and just say something stupid and just, it happens. But um, yeah, a lot of it, honestly, like within minutes, but um if it's like sketchy, then I'll do it for like two hours, something like that. You also mentioned before about getting shadow banned. So not everyone may know what that term is. Can you talk talk what shadow banning is? Because um, that actually happens on a number of, of social media platforms, but in the case of TikTok. Yeah, uh, basically what happens uh, with shadow banning is the, the app has an FYP algorithm. And uh, if if your videos have either been flagged or they've been like reported or like they you're just not doing very well, like you're not putting out good content for people to rewatch and has really no value to the algorithm. It'll stop pushing your videos to the FYP. Um, the algorithm is coveted. So people will like do whatever they can to please it. And um, if you like I did start getting lazy with your content, the it'll stop and you'll get zero FYP. And a common myth that people have, like I, I have to, while I have the chance, I'm gonna break this now. Um, if you look at your analytics for your videos and you see like those little bars and your FYP bar, if that's not at zero, you're not shadow banned. You're not, it's just your content is not doing that well in the FYP. So you're not getting the push but you're not shadow banned. If it's getting zero, you are shadow banned. Which FYP stands for you for you page for everyone that, you know, out there. So for you pages is a specific, uh, usually it's usually a hashtag, but a specific area of TikTok that essentially is almost like a curation, if you will, of content. And they'll, yeah. and they'll push it to people because that's one of the big things about TikTok's algorithm is that it's, it's designed to encourage content from, you know, even from lesser creators from getting almost to a viral level, essentially. I mean, this actually happened to us to one of one of our videos that went viral. So yeah. they really encourage encourage that to making sure that that interesting, good content is really promoted throughout their entire platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they do a great job, I think. For yeah. Some, for the most part, there's there's some weird stuff. But so, of course, like everybody's trying to think of like, well, how do I, you know, like, first of all, how do I come up with the ideas? How do I get people to actually care about what I'm doing? So you, you mentioned before that you do some some prep work for the sketches, but where do you, what do you do to come up with the ideas? Do you like just pop in your head? Do you keep a list of it down somewhere? Like, how do you how do you keep coming up with with concepts for the content? Uh, well, now, if I'm like driving around and I have an idea, I'll write it down um, just so I don't forget it. Uh, but like typically okay the hardest part of the app in my opinion and getting going on the app is finding your niche 
because like to find your niche, you have to be like very honest with yourself and you have to be like, this is actually what I am. Like, not that's, I mean, I would imagine you could be whatever you want on the app as long as you sell it well enough. But like, for me, the, the way I did it was I just knew what I was and then I just did it, you know? And that, that to me is like the best way. Um, so it, it kind of varies for everybody. Like, um, if you're doing an account like mine, uh, the best way is just to keep up with pop culture and just watch it and just put a little sparkle every time you see something you might be able to make a joke out of. It's amazing because I also, right now we're going through essentially identity crisis on TikTok because we like, there's so many angles that you can go after when it comes to what kind of content you want to release. So we actually, we realized that it was doing okay, but we just couldn't keep the momentum going. We started running out of ideas. So we actually, even though we have tons of content, we just didn't know exactly what to post. So we actually stopped everything on TikTok. This may not be the best thing to do, but we just stopped entirely and said, you know what, let's hold off for now. Let's try to uh, take a step back and just kind of figure things out. And so we did, and our team came up with some other ideas of how we can do content and also be able to consistently release content, which is so essential for the platform. And right. uh, so hopefully, you know, the idea is soon we're going to get back into releasing content again on TikTok, but it's it's tough to, to keep on coming up with ideas. And especially if you're trying to post like even once a day, which is, you know, I've heard all kinds of advice. Some people are like once a day, every couple of days, four times a day. I mean, I've heard it all. Oh yeah. There's a lot of that going on. I, uh, and I feel like that varies. Like, um, because like basically what happens is like, okay, you know how like two accounts will do the same video and it'll do like way better on this account and not on this one because the algorithm basically, uh, tailors your audience right to you so if you want to branch out the algorithm now has to retailer your audience and so it's not going to just like happen instantly unless if that like was to go like randomly viral you know for this person they've been doing it the whole time so like they can do it whenever they want i've experienced this i've tried to do like different videos and they like they do okay but they never do like crazy numbers and you know so that that is also something people I feel like maybe don't think about is just how the algorithm actually factors into the people that watch your videos and not just the FYP push itself. Absolutely. Speaking of which of, of posting multiple accounts, do you also post your content on other platforms outside of TikTok or do you only solely put it onto TikTok? I pretty much only solely put it onto TikTok. Um, if it comes up on Instagram, it's usually not me. Um, uh, and I, I, I do get like requests from other like meme accounts and stuff like that. And I'll ask to post my stuff and like, I don't care about it. So I'm like, yeah, you know, they're like, Hey, can we post your song? I'd be like, maybe a little different about it, but like, um, yeah, no, for that, it's like, that's, that's the beauty of it for me is I don't care, <laughs> you know, like it sounds bad, but. Speaking of sound, do you try to incorporate Viper Club into your TikTok in some form or fashion, or do you keep those two separate? Um, I, I I do incorporate it a little bit. Um, I just kind of more or less like let people know. Um, I don't like I, I have a very like strong uh, 
outlook of like, I never want to like ram Viper club down anyone's throat. Like I think Viper club should just be found, you know, and like, not like in a divine way, just like, like my favorite bands are ones that I like stumbled upon because of like somebody else I heard say it a couple of times. And I was like, okay, I'll go listen to it. And then I was like, oh my God. And then I feel like I found it myself. And I feel like that's the best part of like finding a band rather than always being like waved in your face. And like, I, 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 I would like people to find Viper Club that way. Um, which is just like, maybe they heard me say it a couple of times. Maybe they saw like an ad go through and they were like, that's not bad. And they like clicked on it and they're like, Oh, you know, like, so it's like, like I always wanted to be a very genuine approach to Viper Club. So typically I don't talk about it a whole lot on the account. Also to revisit one thing I want to talk about a little bit more is the frequency of content. Because I know you mentioned yourself about it varying. Do you have an opinion on that specifically on how often to post on TikTok specifically? Like, because I know I checked on your account, you usually do it like every day or every other day. So is that because of just the the time commitment that you're able to have and or is it that you believe that that's a good number of pieces of content to release on the platform um well for me honestly like i've tried to do like the twice a day thing and i just realized that it just wasn't like my content just wasn't as good because i was like trying to pump it out you know every day and i have like other things i'm also um right now helping another company with their tiktok so like that's that's taken up a lot of time for me and like um it's it's weird stepping into that shoe because i you know you got to figure out how that one works opposed to your own and um but for me i would say do it you should post at the rate where you can make good content that's what i think and i think that if if as long as you're making good content you are fine but if you're like posting like four times a day just to post four times a day i think you're going to run into burnout and you're going to have an issue so i think as long as you're making good content you're good i can i can personally vouch for this (laughs) because for us our team we what we try to do so i like to build an arsenal of and this is true for pretty much all of our platforms not even just tiktok but also for TikTok, is to build an arsenal of content ahead of time. And what I mean by arsenal of content, meaning that we have already have a number of pieces already pretty much ready to go. So this way we're able to consistently release. And as we're releasing that content, we're creating new content. So that this way we never feel like we're under the gun and we have to come up with something that day because sometimes we're just don't either have the time or not in the right mindset to be creative in that particular way. So we'll backlog it essentially. So we did that and then we decided, okay, let's do two posts a day. And we realized very quickly that how, how, how we ran out of content, like almost immediately because we, we were doing it twice a day instead of just once a day. And we found out that it was really not helping us at all. Like it really wasn't giving us extra reach. It wasn't getting us any additional followers for doing that. So we realized that there were for, at least for us, there was really no point in doing so at least at this point in time, I think it might be different when you have a larger audience that maybe then it becomes beneficial to release multiple times a day if you're able to do so. But again, like you said, it also is a major commitment because it really does come down to the quality of the content. It has to start there first. And it's amazing because when you're looking at these videos, most videos you feel like it 
takes no time at all to create, but to go through that entire thought process to get it right, it does take time. Yeah, it definitely does. And like, you know, I have videos where like, I don't know, I kind of don't care. I'll just like say some something stupid and then post it. And then I'm just like, whatever, like, you know, and like, it's okay to do that. And like, even if it flops, if you think it's funny, then keep it. Or like, if you think it's cool, keep it, you know? Um, but yeah, absolutely. Like as far as like making very sound content, I think you just need to do that at your own pace, you know? What are also your thoughts on reposting? So I know that some uh, have suggested to taking for videos that you think should have done a lot better than it did, especially if it was posted a long, long time ago, and then reposting it back onto TikTok again. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard of that concept or not, but I've actually heard a number of people mentioning about that uh, strategy as far as reposting previous content and putting it back onto TikTok again. Um, I have. I so when you say reposting, do you mean like your own content or like other people's content? Sorry. So your own content. So what I've seen people do is, is that they'll, they'll repost They'll either will delete the original video or even keep the original video, but then just simply post it again, but much later in the future. So maybe like a couple months later, for example, if they think that a video could have gotten a lot further than it did, they'll just re just, just re-upload it and put it back into the account again to see if it would do better. It works. It definitely works. Um, I've, I've actually done that with because like i don't keep up with that side of tiktok like i don't pay attention to like what people say about analytics and whatever and i guess i do more now uh, just because of my current job situation uh but like uh yeah i think it's a great idea like i mean i've had i've had videos get taken down um for something and honestly like they weren't like super pg but like you know whatever and so I posted them again and they did like really well. And I was like, whoa, you know, like, and so I, I, I think there's total method to that. Like, I, I think that would totally work in my opinion. So the success that you've been having with your own TikTok account, have you incorporated any of that knowledge or that strategy into Viper club? Uh, a little bit um to be honest uh it's they they just strike me as like totally different entities you know like um and i think that's what i love love about them is like like viper club is like the thing i was born to do and then like tiktok is like the thing i'm doing you know like so like um like I never really cross what they do very often. Like sometimes I'll, I definitely do cross comedy more in Viper clubs, just internet voice, because I think it's, I don't know. I just think it's human, you know, like to do that. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really like, like we don't do like Viper club TikToks or like anything like that. Like Viper club doesn't even have like a TikTok account because I want it to be like, like I it's, it's weird. Cause like Viper club could have a TikTok account. It could be, I don't know, maybe pretty cool. Like, but like, I've always liked the idea of like, it just being a band, you know, there's something to be said about that because the other thing too, on the flip side of everything 
is that many artists these days feel this need that they have to constantly be releasing content, whether it's on TikTok or IG stories or anything along those lines. And I know that that can get very stressful, especially if you're not either you don't have that skill set to do that because some have that charisma that and ability to do so and the time commitments to do so and some don't you know some uh, are skilled in other areas i know for example for myself i'm terrible at short form content and i'm trying to get better at it because i think it's fun but i'm terrible at it i like long form content much better which is why doing the a20 show podcast is for that reason i found i'm much better at that but the same token though i know that it can be very uh struggling for many artists to be able to do that so i would say that uh, it really also depends. It really just play to your strengths, right? It's just what play to your strengths and also what you want the band essentially to be represented by. Like it's cool. Yeah. Like if social media is a great tool to promote your project and to do these things. But if you're not, you said it best yourself. You said it, you know, if you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. I think that totally applies not only for the right representation to have, but also on top of that too is is the creative works you're doing behind the band in general. And right. that includes promotion or, and through content. Yeah. And I think like, you know, there's definitely, as you know, not fun parts to doing things that you love to do, but like at the end of the day, it's what, it's what makes it um, rewarding. And that's like what makes it fun. And um, yeah, I think, um, your your brand as like a whatever you are using TikTok is always gonna be maybe somewhat in jeopardy if you don't know what you're doing when you jump into it, you know? Like that's that's also why Viper Club I think will most likely never have a TikTok account because it's just not the band for it. Like we're we're just we we're not like that. Like we're you know collectively I'm like that you know, but like, I'm not Viper club, you know? So like, that's, that's another thing too. And we, we never talk about it either. Like it's, it's funny. Cause like, yeah, that's, that's kind of a whole thing, but like, yeah, we, in fact, I feel like I'm more embarrassed of it half the time than I'm actually like proud of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. It really depends on like what you want your brand to be. Like you kind of said, and like, you know, like how you want, yourself to be seen because you can like really f it up like fast on on that absolutely but also the thing too is like you mentioned that you still tried and that's also another thing as well is that you you understood essentially what you want to accomplish with the platform but also the fact too that you tried right and that was the whole point of during the pandemic it was something new to try and see if you liked it or not Mm -hmm. And you found that something that you enjoyed that was in conjunction with Viper Club and doesn't have to always be integrated or be the exact same thing. But in, in many cases, it does, does help promote the project, but you're still, but still keeping it separate from each other. So it's just your thing. Totally. And I've always had the problem of like, oh man, I can't enjoy like more than one thing. Because like, what if I enjoy the other thing and then I stop doing the other thing? And like, I, I, I get like that and I get like really superstitious about it. And that was the great thing about TikTok because I was like, oh, I can do both. I'm fine. Like I like I can enjoy doing these things for totally separate reasons. And like it is okay. Like, you know. Um, I feel like some people, I feel like that might be why people think they have to do a TikTok account for like everything. Like, 
like in maybe like that artist world of like, oh, well, this is my life. And I say it's my life. So why am I doing this? It's like, well, you can do both. Like, you know, you're still you like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is. It is a time commitment. But at the same token, too, you can do both, essentially. And it again, I, I always like to put this into effect, but it's true. It's the 80, 20 rule, right? It's like you put, you can put 80% of your efforts into one particular thing, but then always put 20% into some other things as well, because you just don't know until you try what you like, what you don't like, what you're really good at, what you suck at. Like you just don't know until you try. So that 20% is essential into doing different things into trying things out. Yeah, totally. I 100% agree with that. No pun intended. <laughs> Also, uh, Jackson, I do want to say not to throw more things on your plate, but uh, TikTok for doing uh, for cooking. Oh, that might be a good idea. Maybe I could branch out there. There you go. See, see. Oh, the emo cooking. <laughs> emo cooking. Okay, there we go. You hear to hear, folks. Good work. Emo cooking. I love emo it. Cooking. Conceived right here. So for to wrap everything up here, for any artists that are just getting started, do you have any uh, advice for them? If they, if you were starting out now, knowing what you do now, what was the first thing that you would do? Oh, uh, forget the noise. There's a lot of noise going on, man. Like a lot of people are saying you should do this. A lot of people will tell you you should do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like do what you want to do. Like like the thing that's in your brain that makes you love what you're doing is the thing that you should do. And if anyone tells you to not do that, don't listen to them. That's what I would tell them. Wise advice, wise <laughs> advice. Well, thank you so much again, Jackson, for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the 8020 show. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow. If you enjoyed the episode or this podcast overall, please leave us a review or comment on our socials, which you can find us at 8020records on pretty much all platforms. You can also check us out on our website at www.8020records.com. And as always, be happy, be healthy, and be productive.